Welcome to Housing Developments. I'm Jerry Howard. And I'm Jim Tobin. Jim, uh, it looks like uh, the dust is finally settling on the election here. Um, there are still some seats in the House undecided and uh, obviously a uh, runoff in Georgia. I want to talk to you about both of those. But I want to start out by saying, you know, from my perspective, um, this election turned out to be a referendum on two things. Turned out to be a referendum on the president's personality and on the president's policies. He got more votes than he did in the past, but certainly not enough to win. However, on the president's policies, I think that the American voters soundly, soundly defeated the notion of the far left democratic agenda that was being so widely touted by AOC and others. Um, the Republicans not only picked up houses in, uh, I mean, seats in the House, they picked up 26 Republican women were elected to the House. In the Senate, where it looked like they were going to be soundly defeated, um, the Republicans now have at least 50, and in all probability, they will win one or both of the Georgia seats. So they held on to that majority. So tell me if I'm wrong. The president's personality was rejected, but the president's policies were endorsed by the American people. Yeah, I, 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 it's it's a strange deal, right? Because if if in 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 many states uh, where the president may not have won, he st- he still had down ballot uh, candidates that, that that did win. Uh, interestingly, so yeah, I, I think you're right. I think this was always been a referendum on the president. I think, and, and the other thing I come back to is is despite you know six or eight months of polling, how this was going to be a democratic tsunami an absolute wipeout of the Republican Party and a, and a repudiation of the Republicans uh, and, 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 and policies did not materialize, as you were saying, with, with a, a very close majority for, the, for Nancy Pelosi maintaining that majority in the House, but you know, by a handful of votes at best, um, or maybe two handfuls at best, and then a Senate majority that likely stays Republican. It's it, and I don't think it's more about divided government. I do think that you're, you're right that it was about Trump's personality and about Republican policies on the economy, which was, you know, we all know it's took it a, taken a big step back with the coronavirus, but but that it was headed in the right direction up until about March of last year. And I think they there it's more of an optimistic point of view that they can get back to that when this is uh, this is hopefully over soon. Well, when you look at what it means for housing specifically, obviously uh, the legislative process will probably be tied up in knots. Um, uh, if Pelosi has as little as a five to 10 vote majority um, with a lot of those Democratic seats being uh, very, very vulnerable in two years. Uh, She's going to have to somewhat come back to the center or not get anything done or look to Republicans uh, and and try and cut deals with Kevin McCarthy. Um, So what do you think about that? What's the likelihood there? Boy, I I think that the... uh... I think that she's not going to have an opportunity to come back to the center. I, I think that the, with the loss of so many of those swing states that they took, those swing districts that they won two years ago, with with the Republicans taking those back, that uh, has emboldened the AOCs. If you've watched just any of the media reports in the last two weeks or week and a half, there's been a real tug in the Democratic Party between the moderates who, who did manage to win, saying that the defund the police mo- movement uh, and, and, uh, and, and the, the Green New Deal and just kind of the socialist tint to the race, uh, that was rejected by voters. 
And yet you have AOC, as you say, she's come on and said that w- w- the, the, w- the wrong message is being, is being, was being placed out there. Uh, if we stick to our progressive principles, we can, we should have won more seats. So the party's starting to pull itself apart again. We've talked about this on, on these podcasts. It's a, it's, it's kind of a, uh, the, the, the flip side of what the Republicans went through with the Tea Party, uh, in, you know, from 2010 on. So I think Pelosi's going to have a hard time compromising. Uh, we've seen, that even in the pandemic, even in the the depths of this recession, when McConnell and Pelosi had a chance to put together a, a the, the latest coronavirus package for the good of the country and the economy and the health of the country, they were still unable to do that. I don't see as the crisis lessens, fingers crossed, of course, over the next few months, what the impetus for anybody is to deal because already looking ahead to 2022, president's seat, president's party tends to lose seats in the midterm elections. And with with a very tight House majority and a very tight Senate majority, who knows what happens and people are going to start setting themselves up for that election. Well, and on the Senate side, um, the Republicans already have 50, which means that even if they lose, even if both Georgia Senate seats go to a runoff, which is unclear since they're doing a recount and Purdue was so close, you could easily see a scenario where he doesn't need a runoff. But even if they do, uh, it turns out to be 50-50. You've already had Democratic Senator Joe Manchin uh, state publicly, very publicly and very emphatically, that he would not vote to change the filibuster rules and would not vote to uh, pack the court. So that kind of uh, of shift is off the table. But let's talk a little bit about housing specifics. Um, I don't think, obviously, there'll be any major tax legislation passed uh, if you have a divided House uh, and Senate. Um, I don't think you'll see any major legislation of any kind passed. Um, But uh, already, uh, President-elect Biden is talking about repealing over 100 of the regulatory rollbacks uh, that President Trump had issued during his four years. Uh, How does that impact us? Yeah. Oh well. I mean, we've uh, we've had a pretty good run uh, for the last four years. I I think first and foremost, I think was the U.S. rule that that came out earlier this year, finalized earlier this year by the Trump administration. Something that I've always said is one of the four pillars that the 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 building at Fifteenth and M is is built upon uh, is that that waters the U.S. and 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 the the clean water rule. They're going to unwind that. There's no chance that that goes untouched, uh, despite Trump's best efforts uh, to put a rule in place that could be durable and, sur- and survive court court challenges. It may not survive a, a, a Biden administration. I think the other thing we have to look at is, is labor regulations. I think that we're going to see an assault on uh, on, on, um, on independent contractors, uh, on, on unionization. Uh, and, and, you know, think our industry has always been ripe for uh, for a union movement into residential construction, given that we are largely ununionized outside of the big urban cores and outside of the multifamily sector, so I think just on you know just a, a couple of examples there, uh, you know going back to the to the to the to the, the legislature, I I do think there's a chance for maybe one two pieces of legislation that come out in 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 the next six months. Uh, one would be another coronavirus legislation, which I think is important for us on a variety of fronts. Um, and help us get through the, hopefully what is the end of the pandemic. Uh, but second is infrastructure. A lot of people are talking about infrastructure. It's something NHB has long supported. Uh, we need roads. 
uh, and, and bridges uh, and transit to, to help build up uh, developable areas across the country. Uh, we all you hear our members talking about about the supply chain and the need for infrastructure uh, to help deliver those those supplies to the building site is sooner uh, and and more efficiently. So I think infrastructure is something we 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 definitely support. But the age-old question, Jerry, how do they pay for it? And and that's where you start leaking in some of the tax the tax items where. Do the, do the Republicans allow Joe Biden to raise the corporate tax rate from 21% to 28% as he suggested? I just don't think so. So I think like you said, tax policy is gonna be hard to get off the ground. So with all that, you still have uh, on the positive front, uh, President-elect Biden does have uh, a housing plan that he has put out. Um, that plan is true to um, the left leaning uh, tendencies of the Democratic Party. Uh, it is much more a, uh, a spending plan uh, than deregulation or incentivizing the consumers. Um, do you think that that plan uh, has a chance to be implemented? I think, I think it has a chance to be implemented by an administration, but a lot of those items are going to require congressional uh, approval, and I, I just don't see a lot of them a lot of them going forward. Um, you know, what, one of the things he's put out there is a fifteen thousand dollar per uh, per uh, couple uh, tax credit that can be monetized at the closing table to help pay for down payment costs. That's going to take a tax bill to do that. It'd be hard to do. Um, I think you've talked about our, our, either a renter tax credit or rental assistance. I think that's going to be hard to do. So I, I do think that you know we'll see a, a, a return to the affirmatively furthering fair housing rule that the Obama administration put out in the in, in the waning uh, year of uh, or two years of of, of his term. Um, so I do think we will administratively, but some of the big ticket items, you're just not going to be the, the legislative will to do that in, in in such a divided Congress. And even you know even some of the things that can be done administratively recently some red flags have been raised by some of our multifamily members, uh, even some of our multifamily members who are Democrats, who are concerned about the people uh, that President-elect Biden is working with to develop his housing policy. Uh, those people as part of his transition team may end up having high level appointments at HUD and other relevant agencies. Uh, and they tend to be right now people who favor what I call the non-tax paying sector of the housing uh, community. That is what they prefer to be called non-for-profits. Uh, it turns out that they don't necessarily make a profit, but going back and looking at their books, uh, they're in the black. Uh, they just don't call it a profit uh, because they distribute it uh, around. But be that as it may, if things are targeted to non-for-profits uh, and therefore very low income, that'll be something we'll have to work really hard on to counter as well. Yeah, I, I that that's absolutely right. I think the 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 uh, the, the the transition teams they've put in every uh, department and agency are, uh, are give me a little bit of pause. There's not a lot of business rep representation on there. There's been a lot written over the last week since they were announced. Uh, I know the HUD, like you said, HUD favoring the nonprofits and think tankers rather than practitioners. That gives me a lot of pause. Uh, and, and I think we've seen that across across all of them. Uh, the Treasury Department as well uh, is, you know, what, what kind of rules are they going to roll back, uh, the, the, whether it's uh, opportunity zones, uh, whether it's favorable rulings that we've had 
uh, over the last four years that, that helped business moving moving along. Hey, in GSE reform, you know, Jerry, we're, that's that's a big one. Uh, Mark Calabria over at FHFA, his tenure is in question, a court case whether it is pending, whether a Supreme Court case, whether or not the president can hire or fire uh, the FHA director. That's going to be important about the, about the future of housing finance reform. You and I both have very little confidence in the ability of Congress to tackle housing finance reform, something we have been the leaders for calling for for, well, just about 12 years now since the, the market collapsed. We, you and I have both been frustrated about um, the uh, intellectual interest, I think, on Capitol Hill to doing this uh, over the last couple of years. I would say intestinal fortitude. <laughs> both. And, and maybe what it takes is, is Calabria stepping, I'm sorry, sorry, Director Calabria stepping out and doing something bold uh, for Congress finally to stand up and take notice that we can't let the regulators do this is something we've been crowing about for years. But, you know, that's another area where I think we've, it, it, there's going to be real interest with just Treasury is, is so deeply tied to FHFA when it comes to the, the, uh, the F Fannie and Freddie. Well, so the dust is settled on most of the election, uh, certainly to be cleared up in the next week or so here, probably before Thanksgiving. Um, but now a whole slew of other questions, uh, some of which are much more important at a much higher level uh, than who wins this election uh, or who has won these elections, uh, is it, put on our plate uh, for us to represent the builders. And yet through all this, the builders are doing great. The, the housing market index, the Wells Fargo NHB housing market index came out this morning, and it's at an all-time high. Uh, the economy in our sector is super. Yeah, it's, 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 there's an article every day about, is, can this be real? What, what, what kind of bizarro world are we living in? Um, but I am, I'm worried. I got to be honest with you. Uh, you know, HMI, obviously, uh, a, a all-time high, uh, unbelievable news, uh, kind of defying gravity in, in over the last six months. Um, I'd like to see what happens when the full results of the election sink in and see if, see if our members are, remain as optimistic. Um, but, but also, um, I am worried about this. I, I don't know if this is the second or third uh, spike in the virus. We're starting to see lockdowns and, and, and more uh, are retreating back to some, some more drastic measures. Uh, how is that going to affect our members moving forward? Uh, yes, we're in the slower season for the upper Midwest and, and, and New England. But what happens in those southern states or the western states? Uh, how how much is, are they going to restrict construction again? Uh, and I think that you know, so the proof's in the pudding. I think we've we've got some some uh, delicate times over the next few months. Yeah, and I, I would like to remind our listeners that uh, be sure to check with your state governments if there is another economic lockdown. Be sure that the housing sector and residential construction is still considered an essential industry moving forward. Uh, and if you need help, contact NEHB. We can help you demonstrate to, to your state and local governments the steps that have been taken and how safe it is uh, on a residential construction work site. So we, we, we'll, be, we'll be happy to help assist in that regard. Yeah, so, uh, you know, uh, as we come to the close of, of 2020, uh, we are coming to uh, a time where uh, there are now a lot more questions out there about uh, the economy and the federal government's uh, role in housing, what role that will play, how that will shake out. We got a lot going on, my friend. 
Yeah, tell me about it. Hey, look, I you know we're getting ready to wrap up, but have any updates on IBS X? How 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 are things going? I mean, every day that team is working hammer and tong to make this uh, absolutely a successful event. Uh, but 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 uh, but but tell me what 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 you're hearing. Well, thanks for bringing that up. Yeah, we're uh, we're very fortunate in a way. I mean, yes, we've had to cancel IBS, which is the crown jewel of NAHB. But the good news is. So many others had to cancel major trade shows before we did globally that we've been able to see how others have adapted to a virtual trade show, what they've done right and what they've done wrong, and we've been able to learn from it. The trade show industry is very collaborative in that regard, and we've been able to reach out literally across the world and get people's good ideas and cast aside what they've done wrong. Uh, it, so we're looking forward to the best. In fact, the trade show world is looking at us. We're going to be uh, the, uh, the, the first large trade show out of the box. It's going to be uh, all virtual. Uh, and we are, uh, we're, the, the world is watching us and the Consumer Electronics Show to see how, how we're reacting. And how are we reacting? We're going to have a tremendous platform, shared platform with KBiz. So when our builders or our attendees go onto their computers and go onto the IBSX, they're going to see a virtual tour. There'll be virtual education. There'll even be virtual networking events uh, to help uh, the builders get through some of the winter months. Yeah. Uh, so we're, we're lucky in that regard. And, and I'm looking forward to something that will become a component of IBS going forward. You'll never replace IBS with a virtual event, but you can augment IBS with a virtual event. So we'll do what we have to do. We'll make do this year, we'll get by. And then going forward, we will have a combination live and virtual event uh, for the foreseeable future that I think will be the envy of the trade show world. Well, it sounds like you really are making lemonade out of lemons. Uh, so that's, uh, that's, that's great. I'm, uh, I know, you know, the, the builders need to take advantage of it. It's, it's, it's not the in-person event. I'm just seeing all my friends, um, but, but you know, there's still business to be done for this association. Uh, still business to be done for for your own businesses. And like you said, Jerry, the, the, I have no, and I have, I have every expectation to believe the housing industry by the time we get to January and February will still be humming along, um, and that IBS is going to be a critical component to our members continuing to do business. I agree with you. Well, listen uh, to our listeners. We encourage you as always. Please subscribe to the podcast. And uh, in the meantime, we'll talk again soon. But we want to wish you all a very happy and blessed Thanksgiving. Happy Thanksgiving. Thanksgiving.